Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, and we'll start in verse number 4 as we're going through our series in John. We're going to go through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, amen, and today we're going to look at the test of fellowship by obedience and love, the tests of fellowship. Fellowship is very important to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he wants most from us. Is our fellowship. He wants to be close with you, walk with you, and talk with you, and tell him that you are his own. Amen? So look with me now in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 4. The Bible says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Boy, that's a strong statement, isn't it? Is a liar. Just puts it right out there. If you don't keep his commandments, you're a liar. Now, John's not saying that a Christian is going to live a faultless, sinless life to the obedience of God, but rather a Christian wants and desires to please God and to obey his commandments. It does not mean that you're not going to sin or that you're not going to fall on your face or you're not going to make a mistake. No, sir, no, ma'am. But your desire is to please God and to obey God and not live in willful sin. And so he says here, if, if you don't want to keep his commandments, if you're not keeping his commandments, then you're a liar and there's no truth in you. John's looking at the overall view of a person's life. If someone says he knows God, but does not commit, keeps his commandments and has no desire to keep God's commandments, then it's clear that that person is not telling the truth. As many will say today, well, I'm saved, but there's nothing in their life. They have no desire to the, obey the commandments of God. They want to simply say, I'm saved, but there's no fruit of repentance there. There's nothing there other than they say that they're saved. They have no real desire to live out God's commandments and what God has said the way to live the way that we are supposed to live here on earth. And you know the old saying, action speaks louder than words. And that is true in this case also. God looks at your motives. He looks at your actions. And he's saying here, he that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. He didn't say he's a bad person or he's this. No, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. So can I ask you, do you have a desire 
to please God? Do you have a desire to keep his commandments? The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say go ask a person or a pastor or a preacher. I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but according to the Bible, the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You make sure that you have that desire, that you want to please God, that you want to obey his commandments, that you don't want to live in willful sin. Amen. Let's look at the next verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. When we keep his word, then the love of God is perfected in us. See, when you obey God's word, it does something to you on the inside. It changes you. It makes you and molds you. The love of God does not refer to our love for God, but rather his love toward us because his love toward us is so much greater than our love toward him. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. So it's talking about his love toward us. The thought is that God's love toward us has been brought to its goal when we keep his word. It accomplishes obedience to God. It accomplishes obedience to the will of God. The Bible says by the washing of the water of the word. You see, when you read your Bible, when you study your Bible, when you memorize your Bible, it does something in your heart. It changes you and makes you and molds you to the image that God wants you to be in. The Bible is a very powerful tool that God has given us that we must apply to our lives. We must read it. We must study it. But listen to what it says. But whoso keepeth his word, his word, what word? God's word. That's what word. In him verily is the love of God perfected. You see, the more that you read the Bible, the more that you obey it, the more it gets applied to your heart and to your life, the more perfectly you're going to walk in the will of God, the more perfectly you're the gun that you're going to love God, the more perfectly that your walk and your fellowship is going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. How valuable, how valuable is it for you to be in God's word. It is huge. Amen. As one man was asked, well, what's more important, reading your Bible or praying? And that man answered, what's more important to you, breathing in or breathing out? They're both very important. Amen. And so reading God's word helps you grow to be perfected in God's will and God's love and what he has for you and for your life. Amen. Let's look at the next verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Now, whoever says he abides in him should walk just as the Lord Jesus walked. His life as set forth in the gospel is our, it's our pattern. It's our guide. It's our example. Amen. That's what it says. He 
that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked, even as Jesus walked. If you say you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you should read his example and look at his example and follow his example according to the Bible. It is not a life which we can live out in our own strength and our own energy. You say, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And you are right. You can't do it. Apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot live the Christian life. But listen, the moment that you're saved, the moment you get born again, the Bible says the Holy Spirit takes up residency in your heart. And he will give you the power. He will give you the ability to walk as Christ has walked. To love those that hate you. Amen. He will give you that power. He will give you that ability. You see, because the power of sin no longer rules your life because you are a child of God. It doesn't mean that you won't be tempted by sin. No, sir. No, man. Because you will be. You will be more than ever. After you get saved, the devil's going to do everything that he can to shoot those fiery darts, to put some stumbling blocks in your way, to trip you up, to keep you from living the Christian life. Why? Because he doesn't want anybody, he doesn't want you drawing anybody else to Christ. No, sir. No, ma'am. So you can very well expect to be attacked. It's not going to be just this perfect, smooth sailing life. No, sir. No, ma'am. You are going to be under full attack. You are going to find out that spiritual warfare is very much alive. Amen. Like the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So you will find out, I can't do it, but you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? He will give you meekness and temperance and self-control. All those are fruits of the Spirit. And you see, the more that you obey God, the closer that you draw to God, the more strength that you're going to have, the closer walk and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But when you allow sin into your life, you're going to quench that Holy Spirit and it hurts the fellowship that you have and it, it starts to chip away at your power to live the Christian life when you, not Christ, not the Holy Spirit, but when you allow sin into your life by what you see, by what you read, by what you watch, by those things, by even thoughts that you have in your own mind. They can continue to break that fellowship to allow sin into your life. And it hurts, it hurts the power that you have over sin because you, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's not Christ, it's you allowing it into your life and into your mind. The Bible says you got to gird up your loins. You have to put on the armor of God. Our responsibility is to turn our lives over to him, over to God, over to Jesus unreservedly. That means I give it all. I give myself all to you, Lord, and do what you will through me and allow him to live his life in and through us. Allow Jesus, this is my life. I totally and unreservedly give it over to you 
to do what you would have me to do with my life. Now, many Christians will say, well, I'm, I'm going to plan out my life because this is what I want to do for the Lord. I want to do this and I want to do that and I'm going to do this. And Jesus says, hey, and it may be a good thing, but it's not what God has for you. God may have you, have you work as a clerk your whole life and just be a good godly example. God may have you right on the back of a garbage truck your entire life and just live a good Christian life. And then again, God may call you to preach to the masses, to thousands. But you see, it's our obedience to what God has told you to do with your life. When you turn your life over to him and say, here I am, Lord, I will do wherever, whatever you want me to do. I belong to you and I hold nothing back. Listen, that's when God can truly use you. That's when God will truly open doors for his work and his will and his way to be done. And we can walk like that verse says, as we walk as he walked. Who? Our example, Jesus. Why? Because he was fully given over to the work of the father. Whatever his father wanted him to do, that's what he did. Amen. And we should be like that holy and wholeheartedly and unreservedly give ourselves over to Jesus and say, what this life is yours. It's not mine. I'm here to be the obedient servant that you want me to be. And that's when you are walking as the Lord Jesus Christ walked. Let's look at our next verse. First John chapter two and verse number seven, the Bible says, brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Another important mark of true believers is the love for the brethren. That's what the Bible says. That's a, that's a very uh, good indicator that that person is saved, that that person loves the brethren. Amen. And the Lord Jesus had taught his disciples to love one another from the very beginning of his earthly ministry. Love one another. And we listen, we should test everything by the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we should compare to what Jesus had to say because there's always there's always 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 a danger of drifting away like my mother said and it's so true that there is no sitting still with the lord you can't say well i'm just going to stop and park and camp out right here no sir no ma'am there's only two things you can do when you're saved you can either draw closer to the lord or you're going to drift away from the Lord. It's one of the two. You're not going to sit still. There's no sitting still with the Lord. Make sure that you are actively getting closer to God each and every day. Amen. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Now listen to this. This is the first and great commandment, the great commandment is to love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your might, with everything that you have. That is the first and the greatest commandment. Amen to that. Give Jesus it all. Give God all. He wants all of you. He doesn't want you to hold anything back. Amen. 
And listen to what he says in verse 39 of Matthew 22. And the second is likened unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now listen to verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets. Boy, that says something, isn't it? That's all the law. When you love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and you love your neighbor as thyself, man, you are right with God. You are right where God wants you to be. You are following the law. Now, none of us can keep the law. No, sir, and no, ma'am. That's what Jesus did when he came. He came to fulfill the law. Why? Because we couldn't do it. No, sir, no, ma'am, but Jesus did. But listen, God says, when you love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, he said, that's the greatest commandment. And the second is love thy neighbor. Now, you remember our verse, brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which you had from the beginning. And I believe in my mind, he's talking about this in Matthew chapter two, verse 37 through 40. Where Jesus is saying, love the Lord God with all your heart. This is the greatest commandment. Is that easy? No, sir, no, ma'am. Now, nobody's going to sit down and say, well, I don't love God today as much as I loved loved him yesterday. Well, I I don't really want to serve God as much as as I did yesterday. Now, today I'm just going to slack. We don't say that. We don't go to church and brag about that. You know, on Thursday, I didn't do nothing for the Lord. I didn't feel like doing anything. I was in a bad mood and I woke up and I just, no, we don't ever say that. But we show it with our actions. We show it with our demeanor. We, we show it the way we treat people. Amen. And so you think about that. That's very convicting when you stop and think about that. See, we don't ever say that, but we act it out. And remember, action is, speaks louder than words. But you know, when you love God and he's first and foremost, and he's on the throne of your heart, it shows and you want to serve him. And whether you're in a bad mood or not, you say, I love him. I'm going to serve him. Amen. And that's when that you're, you're living out that first and great commandment. And that's what he's saying here. I don't have to give you a new, com- a new commandment. Listen, you have the greatest of the commandment. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And when you do that, God is very, very pleased with you. Amen. Now you stop and think about that. I, all of your mind, everything in your mind, you give that to God. Everything that you think about, everything that you know, you give God the glory. And and deep down within yourself, your soul, everything about you, give God gl- the glory with everything about you. Maybe you're athletic, maybe you're not. Maybe you have a skill that nobody else has. Give it all to God. He should get all the glory because we wouldn't be here without him. Amen. Let's look at our next verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 8. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 8. The Bible says, Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Darkness is passing away whenever men receive the light of the gospel. When a person's in darkness and they're living in sin, and they get saved, and, and Jesus Christ moves in, and the light moves in them. Listen, darkness has to go. Can I just say, the smallest candle in the world can drive out all the darkness in a room. Isn't that an amazing thing? 
The smallest candle can drive out all the darkness. And listen, when a person gets saved, when Christ moves in, the Holy Spirit takes up residence, the darkness leaves. It has to go. It's gone. They're born again. They're a new creature. The darkness has not all vanished because many have not come to Christ. But Christ is the true light. He's ready to shine. And whenever sinners turn to him and they are saved, and henceforth, they, that's when they love believers. That's when they'll, they'll, they'll have love for the brethren. That's when they'll have love for God's word. That's when they'll have love to center sound doctrine under good preaching. Amen. That's what will make them love it. Why? Because Christ has moved in. And now they desire those things that Christ desires. Amen. The darkness is gone from him. And so many as I was stumbling around in darkness and I thought I had it all figured out and I was lost bigger than anybody. But when Christ moved in and I got saved, praise God, I look back and I say, man, who was that person? What was he thinking? He was out of his mind. He was totally lost. Why? Because the devil has people walk around in darkness. He has them fooled. The Bible says he has them blinded, literally blinded. When you're blinded, you cannot see the truth, even though it's right there. The devil has them blinded. Amen. Let's look at our next verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. And we have the contrast between love that is false and love that is true. And listen, if one professes to be a Christian, but yet hates those who are truly Christians, it is a sure sign that such one that they are in darkness, that they are lost, that they are stumbling around in the dark, that they are blinded, blinded, you see. Why? Because it says he that hate, he that is in the light will love the light, but he that is in the darkness, he's not going to want to be around the light. Why? Because their light shines on his dark heart and it makes a person angry. It makes them mad. It'll make them either turn toward God or run away because they want nothing to do with it because it shows them what they truly are in the eyes of God. You see, Satan has them blinded where they think, I'm a good person, but I never killed anybody, but I'm not in prison, but I didn't do what that guy did, and I've never done that, and I've never been there why? He has them blinded with their own goodness a lot of times. Not all the time, but that is like the one world religion. Well, I'm a good person. But listen to me. When you stand before a judge today for a crime you have committed, he doesn't pull out all the good things that you've done and say, well, okay, let me weigh the good things that you've done against this one crime that you committed. No, sir, no, ma'am. That doesn't even work in our court today. But somehow, in some way, the devil has so many people blinded thing, thinking that when they get to God's court, that he's going to lay out their life and he's going to weigh their good things that they did, because I'm sure they did some good things against all of the laws that he, they broke that was God's laws. No, sir, no, ma'am. That's not how it's going to be. It's going to be just like a court room today where he judges you on the laws that you have broken. 
Amen? And you see, there's not but one way. There's not but one way to get forgiveness for those. And that's to realize that you're a sinner. Realize that you can't save yourself and that one day you are going to die. Ten out of ten people die. So death is coming for all of us. And to realize that what Jesus did on that cross, that he paid the penalty for your sin, but you've got to repent of your sin, ask God for forgiveness, and ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you. Will you do that today? Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.